Yeah, I hope you don't mind. I got up a little early, so I took the liberty of milking your cow for you. Yeah, it took a little while to get her warmed up. She sure is a stubborn one. Whew. We don't have a cow. We have a bull. I'll brush my teeth. Oh, yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast. Because it's a very good podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a funny, 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 funny show. Sick and Wrong Podcast is a wonderful Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm on your host, E. Simon. Hi, I'm Kate Rumbo. Hiya. You have two very tired hosts. Tired. Um, for this I, episode. I'm also extra tired because I ate four and a half slices of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a strenuous day. I mean, we've uh, we're, so we're in the middle of moving right now. Like tomorrow morning. 8 a.m. This we is have the f- movers coming to actually move all the big shit. Yeah, this is the final push before the breach. Well, like, we've been moving throughout this week, yes. you know, in uh, uh, various trips, moving just kind of smaller items. And, I mean, six trips back and forth just to move the record collection. Yeah, because That's you don't mental. trust anyone with your precious records. You know what, D? After I shipped um, a porcelain zoo across the ocean, and I also shipped my great great-great-grandma's glass cabinet, which has all arrived pretty much unscathed. Like, you've just got to learn to let go, little man. I don't trust you. You'll never be able to find those records again. No, but, I mean, you can let somebody put your... You could pack your records into a sealable box and then let movers put that onto a truck and then you could unpack it the other side. I think I would... If I was moving, like... Out of state or doing a big move. Well, but I'm ju- we're to. just moving a block down the street. I can move the records myself for that. Well, it's been very exhausting. But it has been very exhausting. Um, yet, we still managed to record a podcast tonight. That's dedication. <laughs> Even though there's an amazing lesbian party yeah. down the hallway that we could be at right now. I mean, and on top of that, there's like a big lesbian party going on that we were invited to, but we're not going because we got to get up at 7 a.m., to move and yeah. record the fucking podcast. And they're wilding. If you hear screaming in the background, it is the lesbian. You just know. Shrieking. It, you know it's the best party ever. It's one of those parties where you're like, fuck's sake. I just picture just, you know, a lot of scissoring, <laughs> you know, a lot of white claw. I'm drinking a white claw. I know. You're probably, that's probably what's, f- what, that watermelon white claw is probably what's being drank right now during the scissoring. I'm like 50% ready to just rock on down there and be like, hey been moving all day but i'm sure you're used to that maybe it'll make it more pungent i'm sure they'd like that yeah they might like do you think like obviously when a man's like junk smells disgusting most women Women love that no most women are turned off by it. women love the pheromones women are turned off by it and you'll go and tell him to wash his dick in the sink but is it the opposite for lesbians where if there's a bit of like a stink or aroma if it's a musk, is it more like, mm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. We should ask them. Like, what's the smelliest pussy you've ever encountered? We should totally ask them that. I bet they've. we should tell them about Jojo and the legend of Stinkar. Well, I wonder if, like, lesbians have, like, a higher threshold than, like, Jojo. That's what I'm Jojo. thinking. 
Yeah. You know? But lesbians also should then, because they spend so much time in the vagine, they would then know if you've got a problem instantly. And they'd be like, you've got a bit of BV going on. You need to go and get to the doctor. Well, imagine it's like a bit of an occupational hazard. Like you're going to yeah. encounter one, you know, eventually. Of course. But yeah, yeah I, I bet you they do. They probably like have an innate sense where they could like smell BV. It's like a sixth sense. Yeah, I, but I wonder if there are some lesbians that are turned on by like a cottage cheese-like discharge. Uh, definitely, there'll be some sicko lesbians that are like, this is what I want. You know, this like what a I need. butchy lesbian. Like that one at the uh, the storage unit. Oh my God, but Beth is amazing. She had like... She had hot tats. She had like, yeah, demon tattoos and like, but she had biker and tats. And a New York accent. Yeah. I was kind of she like... She probably does not mind a yeast-like discharge. I would say I was like 10% attracted to Beth. <laughs> She's like, it, not the lesbian. I always would be like, with a, I would have to be with another lipstick. It would be two lipsticks. Which well, you wouldn't be into wear. like a really butchy lesbian. No, it, like I would always have to be like, every, anytime I've had dalliances with chicks, it's always been like ultra like fairy type of chicks. You know, they wear really ethereal flowing dresses, kind of Stevie Nicks in a way. So different like to Kate me. Like Bush type. Yes, different to me, but still very feminine. So I couldn't be like, I don't think I could be with a butch chick telling me what to do and... Like not shaving that, but legs. like a really like hyper masculine. No, but I love Beth. Probably like ninety percent love Beth for her uh, accent. Just her demeanor. Yeah, she and did her demeanor. Really cool she was New very York cool. Accent. She was yeah. just awesome. Um, would you be into an Amish lesbian? Can they? Well, technically, they can't be lesbians in the Amish community. But I, don't I mean, know. maybe. I'm not as attracted to the Amish as I am, say, with the Hasids, because the Amish are just a bit like. Just not very sexy. Maybe it's the accents. I don't know. It's just the inbreeding and it's not as hot. <laughs> a lot of a lot of Hasids inbreed too. I know they do, but the the Hasids have the curlies. I think it's the curlies. And what about the, the beards of the, the beards, Amish? The curlies, the hats. Well, the Amish have beards. They also wear black suits. They don't have curlies. I guess maybe. They might have curlies downstairs. <laughs> Ooh. Well, actually they do because none of them are allowed to shave. Yeah, exactly. So uh, ever since I mentioned that anecdote last week on last week's show about uh, that chick who thought that a group of Hasidic Jews getting into an Escalade were Amish. Bless. um, Kate's been infatuated with Amish people. Yeah, because I don't know much about the Amish. Well, what's driving the obsession? I mean, have you even seen an Amish person before? Of course I haven't seen a fucking Amish person. When have I ever been on the East Coast? When have I been in Ohio? Well, Tell me those times, because it's never happened. Yeah, they don't really exist in California. Good, because you've got the Hasids instead. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there's Hasids. How I'm many sure Hasids in, in the Midwest? And and they, how many Hasids are, are there in Ohio? There's probably five. I don't know about Ohio. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But I know there are some in Michigan. Illinois has some. Yeah, like but, five. Uh, but the uh, Amish mostly in, uh, inhabit uh, Pennsylvania, like Ohio, Indiana, like the Midwest. That's where they tend to live. Yeah, bless them. Um. But, you know, truth be told, most people know very little about the Amish, myself included. I mean, I've seen them before, but I've had no interaction with Amish people. If you Not were, for lack of trying. If you were at a traffic light in your uh, Toyota 86 and up, pulled up next to you a buggy with, like, four Race. Amish dudes in it, racing. would I'd you start like, revving? Oh, my God. I'd be revving my engine. And just they're pulling back on their stallion. That's going... Whoo! They would. They would hear. They would. Impression of a stallion. They'd be. Yeah. They would be uh, uh, inundated with my exhaust from my Toyota eighty six. I would love it if the buggy just outran you and the horse was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> flipped a hoof at you. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, most people only know, uh, you know, learn about the Amish through like movies like Kingpin and Dwight Schrute and Dwight Schrute from The Office. I I first two. learned about the Amish through the movie Witness, who people my age might know that one. It's a Harrison Ford movie that came out in like the eighties. I don't know this one. It's a good one. It's like um, who else is in it? Uh, Kelly McGillis from Top Gun. She was in it. Oh, Danny huh. Glover's in it. Okay. Yeah, and so uh, it was about like this Amish kid at a bus stop saw a really violent murder. And so Harrison Ford was a cop who had to protect them, and he goes and lives with the Amish. Oh, my God, and he showed them electricity. I don't recall that. Kingpin's the best movie about the Amish. Kingpin's, I think Kingpin is a defining pick about the Amish. Top 10 film for me, without it's, a it's doubt. It's a good movie. It's great. Yeah, and that, that had like Woody Harrelson in his prime, Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great movie. Um, you know, some people might know about the Amish from uh, the TV show Amish in the City. You ever heard of that? Oh, is this what's the thing they do when they turn 21? It's, it's um, Rum Springer. So they, they made a, like a reality TV oh, no, show 18, sorry. about the, uh, the, like the trying out the world season of Rum Springer. And they had five Amish young adults that they followed who became roommates with six non-Amish <gasps> like city folk. I bet it's weird, though. You'd just and be just like... And just how their cultures collide. It's like when you meet kids who have been homeschooled, no matter what, they're weird. They've just... Because they've been less socialized. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, they're, they're sheltered. Yeah, so these Amish people are probably just going to form a little band together where maybe every day they'll bake bread and they'll just be lovely. And then, like, the five other dudes will just be getting drunk, bringing back schlizz, like, smell oh my, my finger. <laughs> I would be, like, getting an eight ball of cocaine. I'd be playing Slayer and be like, dude, listen, you're Rumspringer now. You're going to experience life. We're going to the strip club. You're getting a hand job. What are you? Is. Are you going to give them that? No, the I'm going to pay for them to get lap dance with, with a happy ending. Oh, yeah. You got to experience them. life. I would take them. I would take them to all the best supermarkets. I'd be like, we're going to Gelson's and we're going to be in Gelson. I'm going to give you all $60 each. We're going to Gelson's. Buy whatever the fuck you want, lads. $60 on me. Yeah, why not? I remember. Um, so there are Amish in Michigan. Uh, we read about this. Uh, I remember me and Kessler read about this town where we heard from somebody that the Amish lived in Lowell, Michigan, which is kind of near where Wackerly lives. We should ask Wackerly about the Amish. Oh my God, we should. Yeah, when we call uh, the holiday show. Wackerly grew up in Midland, and Lowell is like, I don't know, 10 minutes away from Midland. Oh, I bet Wackerly fucked with the Amish. He I bet Wackerly has Amish. raced a boogie. I wonder if Wackerly's had sex with an Amish chick on Rumspringer. As if Wackerly's had sex with two people in his life. None of them are okay, Amish. I wonder if Wackerly ever tried. tried. <laughs> and got so rejected. I remember me and Kessler were like, we're going to go find the Amish. And Kessler wanted to challenge one to a rake fight. Like, like a rake is in the thing that Sergio Bob stands on. Yeah, a like a rake. You rake up leaves. But that's how they fight. That's how they settle oh, disputes. Oh, they fight with rakes? They, they settle disputes with a good old-fashioned Amish rake fight. So... To the face, or is it how many leaves you rake? Well, they don't kill each other, but you subdue the opponent with a rake. It's No, it's a battle. Like fencing. Okay. Yeah, more or less like fencing. They don't have swords. They're pacifistic culture. Yeah, but rakes, rakes are very dangerous. Rakes are dangerous, and you could kill. I don't think they're doing it to kill. I think it's just like, it's like, you know, two rutting bucks. You know, they're they're challenging each other, and I think that's usually what happens. Like, you're... You're both vying for the same woman, same sexy Amish lady. You pull out your rakes, you settle the dispute. Okay. Or if somebody like steals one of your pigs. 
What are you going to do? You get the rake out. I would be so honored if two blokes were having a rake fight over me. I mean, that's how they sell their disputes, you know? It's, it is quite, like, it's Shakespearean in a sense. You know, but with rakes. You know the best uh, Amish name? Jebediah. Jebediah. Uh, you the read my classic. mind. Yeah. How, how is there a better Amish name than Jebediah? Even for a chick, you should be called Jebediah. Actually, no, women's Sarah. Yeah, Sarah Sarah's and Jebediah. Jebediah is like, yeah. Oh, it's the or best. Abraham. I'm sure there's a lot of Abraham, Abraham. is also a classic. I like that yeah. too. But Jebediah is good. Moses. Yep, yeah, Mose. Mose. Come on. <laughs> but they are a pacifistic culture. Like they don't, they're not violent. They don't tend to fight except with rakes. But pacifism isn't for everyone as we're about to find out. So Kate did a lot of research this week on the Amish and found several instances where Amish committed Amish people, Amish men committed uh, violent murder. Yeah, and just the Amish in general aren't as squeaky clean as you might think. They really aren't. So we're going to find out about that in just one second. But first, let's chat about something a little bit more exciting than finding an eight ball on the first night of Rumspringer. <laughs> the sick and wrong patron. Yeah. <laughs> so if you listen to this show every week, all we ask for you is to sign up. Sign up for the sick and wrong patron. Support us on Apple Podcasts, and just. Keep the show going. I mean, it's only five bucks a month. That's all we're asking. We're not asking for, you know, your firstborn, maybe. But you know, we're only asking for $5 a month. And you get access to the Sick and Wrong Second Show. You actually get something for this, uh, for this donation. Uh, a full second show. We, uh, re- we record a bonus show every week. Um, this week, actually, on the second show is a good one. Uh, we chat with special guest. And longtime listener, atheist preacher. And patron member. Yeah, and a patron member and an active uh, Discord member as well. Uh, we chat with him about his job as a uh, body snatcher. Yeah, longtime listeners will remember a- AP when he used to ring in when he lived in the basement of a church and he was pretending to be a preacher. Yeah, that was a while ago, but he was living That's for free as like a pastor. And then he became a truck driver. And then he just. Well, we'll find out about it, but he uh, ended up uh, uh, gaining uh, employment as a uh, like a guy that, I guess, what, picks up corpses. Yeah, body snatcher. A body snatcher is what we were calling He's him. great. Yeah. He fetches corpses. So the thing is, that these stories, I would say, are not for the faint of heart. There's, there's, some of them are rather cringy. And literally, this guy has seen some shit. He has. He really has. Uh, we also cover a story about an ex-security guard. And uh, Phoenix, who had sex with a 79-year-old female corpse in a hospital morgue. Where's the crime? That's what I say. Where's the crime? Well, that was a, there was a, a heated discussion about that. And AP <laughs> even said he's cock-blocked many a co-worker in the morgue. <laughs> the same situation. So that's $5 a month. You get access to the Sick and Wrong second show. You also get access to the Sick and Wrong Discord, a lovable community on there. Um, and then, uh, you know, I already mentioned Apple Podcasts, but we do have second show available on Apple Podcasts, so you don't even need to deal with Patreon. Um, I also posted the first, first six years of uh, Sick and Wrong on Apple Podcasts, so the first six uh, years of our archives. Just do a search for Sick and Wrong Podcast, and then you can subscribe to the archives. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. We do appreciate the support. So let me play this quick promo, and then, uh, yeah, let's chat about a good old-fashioned Amish rake fight that led to murder. Do you need more sick and wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? 
Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. So, yes, dear, the big first question is, who are the Amish? Who are they? Who are they, like Nikki Graham would say? It's a good question. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone really knows. They're well, an enigma. No, we do. An enigmatic culture. They're around 40-ish, give or take, different subgroups of the Old Order Amish, and all of the subgroups adhere to the 18 articles of Christian faith found in the Dordrecht Confession of Faith, which was written in 1632. So it's pretty fucking old. So where do they originate from then? Switzerland. Oh, they're Swiss. Switzerland. Okay. They split from the Mennonites between 1639 and 1697 as followers of Jacob slash uptite Amman, who was the leader because he called for harsher rules and he wanted more conservative modes of dress. This is the 1600s and he wants people to dress more more conservative. conservative. What the fuck, Jacob? But the Mennonites still exist as well. So the Mennonites, aren't they the ones that can use a microwave oven? We will get into like okay. the different types. Okay. So the strictest order is the, I'm going to sound like Dwight Schrute when I'm reading some of these, is the Schwarzentruber. So Schwarz is German for black, the most conservative color for the most conservative order. And Trude means to refrain or hold back, which is something that Amish are really good at. Yeah. You know, their willpower. So these are the people who are quick to shun those that break all their kind of laws. They are very isolated from non-Amish people. And they kind of see themselves as the true heirs to the anti-Baptist Amish tradition. They're like, we're, we're the Amish. Well, not yeah, those they're, other They're ones. like the legit Amish. That's kind of like the Hasids too. Exactly. They frown so upon them. like reformed Jews and, you know, other uh, sects of Judaism. So the other orders, in fact, all the orders, they regulate hair length, beard length. Women are not allowed to cut any of their hairs. Whoa, they must have wolf pussy. Wolf pussy and hairy legs abound, so they're kind and of feminist. buckwheat in the headlocks. So they yeah. have like pits too, <laughs> pit hair. Wow. They're also teetotal, and they avoid electricity, as it's obviously the devil's work. And they ride around in the buggies. They use cows and horses as their farming machinery. But speaking of the horse and buggy, right, the Amish have a disturbing history of the mistreatment of animals, especially their unscrupulous puppy mill biz. Like they will start puppy mills and then they'll close them down just as quick when the government starts getting whiff of them. Lots of dogs die because of the Amish. Well, they do like dog fighting rings. No, puppy mills. Just puppy mills. They puppy just mills. sell puppies. Yeah, and just like get dogs constantly pregnant, treat them like shit. They don't care. Probably raise them in filthy conditions. And obviously we've seen the movie Kingpin, so we know that they milk bulls <laughs> they do milk bulls that's true <laughs> so boogie crashes are a common and very actually deadly occurrence between 2011 and 2015 the national highway traffic safety administration recorded 84 deaths in 71 separate crashes and there's probably many many more that go unreported how wait, wait, how are they crashing buggies if they're teetotalers okay. they don't even drink well they do but we'll get into that all right the crashes are kind of so grim with a high death count because the buggies are super fragile. There's no seat belts, And more often than not, the horse also has to be put down as well. So there's an extra victim in the crashes. In 2019, Reuben Yoda, Reuben Yoda. Mr. Yoda. 
was arrested on 10 felony counts after sideswiping another vehicle and crashing his buggy. He had been drinking and he also had a group of children aged between nine months and 12 years old in the buggy with him. But that must have been a hell of a ride <laughs> for them. <laughs> they should get that ride at like Cedar Point and uh, <laughs> oh, what's Amish that? buggy ride. What's the, we were talking about this when we were at Magic Mountain. What's that terrible um, theme park? We were saying we should do an episode on it and Jojo went there. The one that was in New Jersey. Magic oh, Point. Oh, no, I know the one you're talking about. It's closed down now, right? Yeah, because it was so bad and yeah. like teenagers run it. Yeah, and Jojo was telling us a couple of people died there. To find the name of that one. We're going to do an episode about that in the future anyways. So the new order Amish, they're a bit more relaxed, you know. Men can trim their beards. They can wear colorful clothing. They can enjoy modern technology like telephones, tractors, and cars. But the largest order is by far the Lancaster Amish affiliation, and they reside in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. They're founded in 1760, so it's also the oldest settlement. So even though the old order is like we're the most Amish, they haven't been in America as long. Oh, okay. So these guys have been there the longest time. Longest. They they also you know don't use electricity. No no cars. No, no they they enjoy no the Lancaster okay, so the Lancaster County then. are more laid back. Yeah. So wait, they're the but they're Mennonites then, right? Well, they still identify as Amish. But I think Mennonites are still Amish. They're just a different sect of Amish. That they case, just call that, themselves the Lancaster ones. All right. I'm I, probably I, wrong because there's like for every like, it's kind of like the Jews. For like every like two Jews, you know, they're like, oh, I'm like contemporary. And then the next one will be like a Hasid. And then it's like, what were the ones we were talking about last week? You're like. Yeah, well, those are uh, Chabad Lubavitch. But still, yeah. they're still Hasidic. Yeah, but they're like, they're different. Hard yeah, part. slightly different. So yeah, the Lancaster, they're quite liberal with their technology, but they are experts at Strengmindung, which is the proper name for shunning. Shunning and Amish shunning. Oh my God, getting shunned by the Amish. But like, the always, thing- That's what we thought when we went out to Lowell. We're like, we're going to piss one of these people off probably very easily. I don't think it'd be hard for Kessler to piss someone off. And then we get shunned, like an Amish shunning. But you know that if you just say to them, I'm really sorry and I ask for forgiveness, the shunning is like pretty much over. That's it. That's all you have to do. But sometimes they will sentence you, like judging on like your crime. They'll be like, "Oh, you you touched the pie when it was still really hot with your dirty, dirty fingers, you little pie toucher. Pie. <laughs> You're gonna be shunned for two days." But does do, the whole village is in on it though? Everybody, everybody you. will shun you again. It just won't be a cool time for you. So, what if you like commit an act of rape? Do you just get shunned for like three months? Of course not, because it's very much a patriarchal society. Oh, We're going to okay. get into <laughs> rape, so. so so you know, a couple hours of shunning and then you put know, a little pin on that business. rape because we're going to come back to the rape. All right. So the Amish are a strong community. They love to ho- host parties known as hoedowns, ho-downs. where teenagers will try their first hit of weed or LSD and even heroin. Whoa! I didn't know they did drugs. In Ohio, one such party led to the arrest of over 70 young Amish, as well as the hospitalization for two who were experiencing signs of alcohol poisoning. Well, they must be fucking then. Is there a lot of premarital sex? I mean, I'm sure it's not condoned. I have some funny tidbits about this sex. We're going to put a pin in that as well. While most Amish people are not using drugs, there are cases of Amish drug abuse. So there's Amish drug dealers, there's Amish drug busts, and there's Amish drug rings. 
Wow. Could you imagine having a drug dealer like Jebediah that you got to go see? Oh and, and he's got he, the waistcoat on. He comes up in his horse and buggy. Um, yeah, I would love it. This, should, this feels like a Coen Brothers film. It would just be amazing if you're like, yeah, I'm going to go get like just he sells like the best blow and the best weed. Yo, Jeb, you got any mitzies? <laughs> <laughs> So one example of this occurred in 1998 and it went on for a number of years before any form of justice was served when two Amish men were charged with dealing cocaine to younger members of the community as well as to a local motorcycle gang in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So it's out there. Well, so these are the Amish, though, that have a TV and listen to music. No, 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 no. They don't have televisions. Fucking none of them have TVs, but they'll have a telephone in the house for like emergencies, but they don't have mobile phones. Do they have a stereo? No. So what the fuck do they do when they're high on cocaine? They probably make their own kumbaya, my lord. Yeah, kumbaya. They're just churn, fuck yeah. churning butter really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but if dabbling in uh, drinks and drunks is a common temptation that most human beings face, another temptation is sex. So there are lots of rules in particular for Amish girls when it comes to dating with a strange ritual known as bundling. Bundling. I think you're going to enjoy this. This involves the young, loved-up couple. So you lie together in the same bed, but you're separated by like a wooden board so that you can lie together and you can talk all night past the wooden board, but, but no, no touchy-touchy. Okay, so no physical touching. No, because there's the board there. Just how do they... Where's the board attached to? It's just attached to a wall? Who puts up the board? Probably your parents put up the board. There's probably a special bundling bed. Okay. Not all Amish men observe these rituals, though. So investigative reporter Sarah McClure spent a year researching the wacky weirdos of Amishville, and she found almost three dozen women who were willing to speak out about the treatment that they suffered at the hands of men in their community. So in this very well-written article for Cosmopolitan magazine, which was released in 2020, she dubbed it as an open secret that spans generations. So in just the past two decades, she confirmed 52 cases in Amish communities across seven different states, and she went on to blame what she called a perfect storm of factors. So for starters, there's the fact that the Amish are living in isolated patriarchal communities that limit their social awareness, and that's folded into a community that preaches forgiveness and obedience. Well, exactly. You know, it's like there's no feminists on TikTok ruining these women. So the article is really good and for, and it's super in-depth for those that have the guts to read about fathers and brothers fucking their daughters and sisters for years, upon years, upon years. Whoa. Well, that explains a lot. So, of course, inbreeding happens in close sex of societies and the Amish are no different. So having only the shallow end of the DNA pool to swim in is not fun. And because they only marry within the community, they carry on the same recessive genes for generations. Like, you know me. So my freckles are a recessive gene. And that means that if I was to mate with somebody else with freckles, it's the recessive gene for ginger. But did you get those from mating with your, like, ginger cousin? Yes, that's exactly how I got them in the north. (laughs) There's gingers in my family. They're everywhere. So there are up to 150 genetic disorders in Amish communities, with as many as 80% of the Amish having a genetic disorder that are unique to the Amish themselves. So they're like, they're really murky gene pool. So wait, are there like Amish rotundos? I'm going to tell you what's wrong with the Amish, and I think you're going to love it. Some of the disorders include 
dwarfism. So there's Amish, Amish dwarfs. dwarfs. Okay, that's actually, that makes sense though with, with uh, you know, a community that's susceptible to inbreeding. I hope in a couple of hundred years that there's only dwarf Amish. <laughs> they just breed out the talls. Magical, wouldn't it be? <laughs> they have angel man syndrome, which affects the nervous system. So you get symptoms, including a small head, which obviously carries inside a smaller brain, which means you have de- developmental disabilities, seizures, sleep problems, but for some reason, an absolutely bizarre fascination with water. With water? I was trying to Google why these people who have angel man symptoms, why these people, why they have a fascination with water, but the, no one seems to know. Well, I think like- it's just because they're a bit slow and they're like, it's so beautiful, man. What are, they, are they like water skiing, like water sports? Like what? what is it with water? Just staring at water. Just staring at water and just finding it fascinating. Water. Water. I mean, I guess. I, I love mean, the they're, smell they're of water, like, the taste of water. But they're like microcephalics, right? They're, they're not like pinheads. pinheads. Oh, they're not. They're not quite pinheads. Like their heads are smaller, but they're not a pinhead. Okay, so not that small. So they have wide mouths, they have hands with tapered fingers, they have abnormal creases in the hand, which can affect their dexterity, and they have very, very broad thumbs. Kind of like Megan Fox, you know, her weird thumbs. Was she Amish? Ooh, she could be. I wonder, are they She's a dick, you know, I don't like Megan Fox at all, and I think she's a terrible actress. I wish people would stop bumming her. You know, I'm, I'm willing to forego the thumbs to bum her. Really? I don't even I think she's all that. You wouldn't bum her. No, she's just not my type. And yet here you are like, I find Amish people sexy. Makes <laughs> no sex. So do they have webbed toes? Like, are they webbed They didn't say they have webbed toes or not, but they do have like the Down Syndrome-esque eyes, which, you know, are very hooded, very close together. And they also have a very curvy spine. So a lot of them have scoliosis too. And because, you know, they're kind of developmentally disabled, they rarely learn to speak and spend, they spend their normal life expectancy life by living, loving and laughing because they're usually really fucking cheery and the life and soul of the party. So it's kind of like Down syndrome. You know, they're just like super happy chappies. And, but, and then you turn a tap on and they're like, oh, my God, what is that? That's how you <laughs> calm them down. If you want a minute's rest, you just turn the tap on. Go find Elijah. <laughs> He's the comic relief. And they just go get him from the basement yeah. where they keep him. Yes. <laughs> he comes out and just kind of dances around, <laughs> drooling. And it's just like, put him back in the basement. <laughs> we are done now. <laughs> Over various metabolic disorders and nerve disorders are also in abundance, including Tay-Sachs disease, which will kill you before the age of 15 generally. Ooh. And other things such as... Maple syrup urine disease. So this causes the body to turn protein into a poison that causes brain damage. But wait, do you actually piss out maple syrup? I think it's probably because your piss starts to look like maple syrup. Does it taste like maple syrup? Well, maybe you could go try it. Because I wonder if the Amish bottle that and sell it. <laughs> and they sell it. Well, the Amish do like, like to preserve puppy things. Mills. We have syrup and we have puppies. They also have Cohen syndrome, which has a range of, sy- uh, of symptoms, including weak muscle tone, which can mean that sometimes sufferers can't even support the weight of their own body. That's not what I thought at all. But when you know, you said Cohen sy- syndrome. I was thinking like Conehead, like a Cohen. Oh, Cohen. Oh, like Cohen. The oh, okay, yeah, Cohen. Right, right. That's different. Yeah, Cohen would be better. But because the Amish are pretty healthy, 
they stay away from trans fats and fast food and other things like tobacco. Cancer rates are much lower, so they may become a community of inbred freaks one day, but they're going to outlive all of us. Well, yeah, imagine they're not eating the processed food that we do. So here's the burning question, though. That's more important than dwarves, more important than rape, more important than dead dogs and horses. Do they celebrate Christmas? I was just about to ask you that. Like, what do they do for Christmas? They do celebrate Christmas. They most certainly do. Well, they're a Christian, obviously. So they probably do celebrate the birth of their Lord and Savior. The Lancaster Amish, they celebrate a very simple Christmas. So you're not going to see jacked up light displays. You're not going to see family arguments about running out of eggnog. But they do have Christmas dinner, roast dinners being a very traditional and hearty favorite meal of the Amish cult. Uh, Stephanie would be happy to know that they don't have trees either. They just have a simple wreath on the door. So that's nice. Oh, so there's no tree. There's no, are there stockings? No. Santa's not coming. Mistletoe? Like, yeah, I mean, Santa's probably just avoiding them. But no matter how simply you celebrate this miserable holiday, Christmas is always stressful for everyone. And it was maybe this stress which pushed two evil Eli's over the edge. Because, or not. Because like the rest of mankind, Lady Murder is not immune from the grasp of the Amish. Well, I mean, Christmas is a very stressful uh, time of year. So I imagine, like any time when I read about a murder that happens at Christmas, I'm like, I get where you're coming from. Good on your John list. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you spent a he lot of time Bay with your City, family, you know? so it's like it makes sense. John List was basically, you know. What happened to John List? He's the one who killed his entire family. Steel, you know what? We're going to ask Steel on the holiday show about John List because Steel knows a lot about John List. Is, what, what year was that? Oh, God, like this late 70s. He had a huge mansion and he killed them all. And then he dragged their bodies up to the ballroom. And kept music running really loud. How do you not know John List? I don't think I do. And it was in Bay City. And then he disappeared for like 20 fucking years. And did they find him? Yeah, after like 20 fucking years. Where was he? I can't remember where he went to. Marshall and Tolly would ring in and be like, Katie, getting John Rist long. We're John definitely Rist going to ask Steele about this oh, yeah, John Oh yeah, me List and Steele have talked about it. I, I, you must have talked about it when I wasn't there. You well, not on the show. No, me and Steele have our own private conversations that <laughs> you're not always privy to. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I want to know any more about that. We talk about wrestling a lot. I can imagine. Steele's awesome. Can't wait to speak to him again. So when Amish housewife Barbara Weaver was found shot to death on June the 2nd, 2009, the conservative Christian community where she lived in Apple Creek, Ohio, they began whispering two names to the investigators who were working the case. Eli Weaver, a.k.a. the Amish Stud, her husband of 10 years, and Barbara Barb Raber, a Mennonite taxi driver for the Amish and one of the many women with whom that he'd been having an affair. I want to paint a picture for you now. So when I say Amish Stud, he is pretty hot. He kind of looks like maybe like Atheist Preacher's younger brother. All right. Yeah, that's one thing about Atheist Preacher because i never actually seen a picture of him before. Which so I find are, incredible somehow. Uh, I don't go on Discord. I'm not like... He posts in the, the groups. On Facebook? Yes. I'm, I'm not good You're with social... I'm with not him. good with social media except for Instagram. I'm, I'm on the uh, second wrong Instagram. But I, mean, I don't do social media that much. Or maybe I did see a picture didn't realize it was him. Regardless, we're interviewing him on a second show and he looks exactly how I thought he would look. He looks like an Amish guy. Yeah, so imagine if he had like a younger brother who was just a bit like, just like a younger brother version of him. 
No offense to you, atheist preacher, because I think even atheist preacher would like agree with me. Like a bit more of a Svengali? Yeah. Like a ladies' man? Yeah. Okay. That's Eli Weaver. So when I want you to picture Barbara, Barbara, I want you to picture an old fucking lady. Like as in old and ugly lady. Oh, so not attractive at all. Because I was at first picture in Joan Rivers, but then you're... But Joan Rivers, <laughs> I imagine some people find attractive. Joan she Rivers was kind is, of attractive yeah, back in the she day. She was, and Joan Rivers, Joan Rivers has spunk, too. I want you to just imagine... lots of spunk. I want you to I imagine, imagine just a really horrible old gnarly lady. And that's right, who he's I'm banging. I'm uh, uh, What's her name from Throw Mama from the Train? What you the know, fuck is Mama. that? She was in the Goonies. Oh! Oh, and um, what's her name? Uh, Fr- Fratelli. 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 A, yeah, Mama, Mama Fratelli. Fratelli. But okay. she was in Throw Mama from the Train. You know that <laughs> oh, no, I've never seen a movie <laughs> called Throw great, Mama from the Train. That's a great movie. It's a comedy. Uh, well, we should watch it sometime. Is it a kid's movie? No, I think it's rated R. I remember, oh. I don't know how it, I haven't seen it, to be honest, in a long time. So I don't know how it holds up. It's no Kingpin, put it that way. Okay. So the Weavers, they have five kids. They owned a hunting store and Eli's very, very randy. He called himself the Amish stood in online chat rooms and twice he left his wife and kids in Amish land to live life as English. That's what they call it. So there's Amish and there's the English. So English people, they're not necessarily people from England. They're just people who aren't Amish. Amish, yeah. So non-Amish people. Yeah, it's like I'm a goth and you're a townie. What do the Amish think of the Jews? You're just English. You're just English. Just English. They don't acknowledge any other religion? I'm sure they do acknowledge other religions, but you're still just English. What do they call black people? English. The black people are English too? We're all English. Although technically, I bet a lot of black people would be like, what are you calling me? English. (laughs) I wonder. Okay. Yeah. But the real life world, it obviously comes with lots of real life burdens. So he returns to his family both times where he received little punishment other than a few weeks of being shunned. Because he asked for, if you go back and ask for forgiveness, they're like, cool, man, we're going to give you forgiveness. I mean, I got to say a shunning isn't that big of a deal. I think I would enjoy it. I would enjoy it. I would enjoy the peace and quiet. Being the village pariah, like nobody's going to come to you that week and say, Jebediah, on the weekend, we're raising another barn. Um, yeah. We need you to be there. And you're going to be like the nail man for the whole weekend. You can do whatever you want. People are going to talk to you. You could just like go about your business, smoking weed. <laughs> now it's like, why not? It, yeah, I think you'd be like the Woody Harrison of the Amish. I wouldn't mind an Amish shunning, put it that way. They are part of the uh, Andy Weaver Amish, which is a subgroup of the old order, which doesn't include the use of modern technology. But Hot to Trot Eli, he had a secret mobile phone that he used exclusively for picking up schliz. Some of this schliz that he picked up was Barbara, and they had a sordid relationship for six years. She, I just want to again point out, she is old. Well, so, okay. I think we need to qualify the statement when he says Amish stud. Are you necessarily a stud if you're fucking a 70-year-old lady who looks exactly. like Mama Fratelli? But he is kind of hot. I'm going to give him that. He is kind of hot. He could be considered a stud, but she's old. That, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think he needs to uh, clarify that for a lot of people. Like, yes, I'm a stud that fucks old ladies. He liked the gristle. You know, he didn't want prime rib. He could have prime rib in the Irish world, but he's like, no... I want to have, like, some gristle. Is she, like, the slut of the village? Well, I mean, she's the octogenarian of the village. Yeah, but maybe she's, like, the, just the... The village bike. Yeah. Yeah. The The, village bike. The really, 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 really old (laughs) 
village bike. The rusty old village bike. Yeah. The chain falls off all the time. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Still rides. She had fallen for the smooth talking Lafario. And although Eli had been running around town seeing if anyone would kill his wife, no one had bitten the bait. But Bob, she's ready to bite. Well, Barb fell for him. She's into it. The two exchanged text messages discussing how to get rid of Barbara Weaver and uh, Robert performed 840 internet searches just on poisoning. How to poison someone. They talked about poisoning a cupcake, poisoning her soda, putting rat poison in anything. And finally, they just decided it would be her rifle. Uh, It would be a rifle and she's going to use her husband's rifle. Why not just dip the rake in poison? Oh, and then just rake your wife to death. Just whap her one. Let's whack her one, you know? So on the day of her murder, uh, of uh, Barbara Weaver's murder, Eli Weaver, he went fishing with some friends. Uh, Raber, who was married with three children, she didn't have no alibi. Hmm. I wonder why. Her prints were not found in the Weaver house. But she told, oh no, they were, sorry, found in the Weaver house. And she told investigators that she had only intended to scare Barbara Weaver, but the 410 gauge shotgun went off directly into her face and chest. So she's discovered dead in her bed by one of her and Eli's five children. And they ran to a neighbor who had a telephone so that they could call 911. See, a little bit of technology in this moment could have got the popo to your house a little bit sooner. Well, it's a bit necessary to have a phone, at least. I can understand in case of emergencies, like, you know, break glass, use the phone. But yeah, I think that would be fine. Don't want them on all the time. I mean, that's how Satan gets you. It is how he gets inside of you. Later, she said she didn't remember being in the house at all, and her attorney argued that it was Eli who had shot his uh, wife before heading out to go fishing. She's convicted. She's sentenced to 23 years to life in September in 2009. And she's currently serving out her term at the Ohio Reformatory for Women. And memories of shagging the hot Amish stud in his barn and his car. He had a car as well. She also shagged him in his buggy. (laughs) You know, I wonder if it's like you... You know how like you get those like vans from the seventies? You got a water. Oh bed my in the god, back. the shag and shag, wagon. Yeah, like you get the shag. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, I always well, wanted you know, a boyfriend the, of one of them. The shag ceiling. I wonder if they do the same thing with the with the buggy, like the sex buggy. But you can't have anything with electricity on. So what would you put shag carpet in it? Yeah, you put little dingle balls around it. You mm. get like some fur on the walls. Okay. You know, you get a mirror ball in there. But the Amish are all about living life simply, though. Yeah, but not. I bet you Eli had a shaggy, shagging buggy, a so, shag buggy. Well, the memories of the shag bug, buggy are pretty much probably all that are keeping her warm at night, especially because she's an octogenarian and she just gets cold so easily because <laughs> she's just skin bones. She is actually currently el- um, eligible for parole. It was in June of mm. this year, but try as I might, I couldn't find out if it went through or didn't. It's very hard to find out information about the Ohio Reformatory for Women. So wait a second, what happened to Eli then? Did he get charged with anything? He took a plea deal, and he's convicted of complicity to commit murder after testifying against his old lady lover. He is serving 15 years to life at Grafton Correctional Institution in Ohio, and he's eligible for parole in June of next year. Oh, for him. stud back on the streets. So Barbara Weaver, she'd been seeing a counselor because um, she obviously had a terrible marriage. And in one of her last letters to her counselor, she wrote, I often think of Christ's words. Forgive him for he knows not what he does. Oh, Barbara. <laughs> Who were Barbara? Oh, I think he does know what he's doing. 
So Rebecca Morris, the author um, who wrote a book about this, said this really shook the community. It was a rare murder amongst the Amish in America. In the past 250 years, only three murders have been committed by spouses, in two, including two cases of men killing their wives. So the other case is also the other evil Eli. And he's actually probably the, the OG evil Eli. Eli must be a popular name. I do like the name Eli. So, well, it's like short for Elijah, or maybe it's just, you know, just just Eli. I think it's better than Elijah. There's something kind of a bit like, <laughs> Elijah. You know, Eli's a bit I, uh, just nicer. Yo, yeah. Eli. I mean, you know? I just think it's probably a very popular Amish name. I like it. On the morning of Christmas Eve, 1985, in a cornfield in Chester, Nebraska, gas station owner Chuck Cleveland, he was driving down US 81 when something off-road caught his eye. Initially, guess what he thought it was? He thought it was a mannequin, that old trope, covered in snow, but he brushed some of the snow off and he quickly realized that he had uncovered the body of a small child and he was wrapped in, he was clad in blue pajamas. The blonde boy was thin. He was maybe 55 pounds and about five feet tall. Sounds like your sister. She'd be in black. She doesn't wear blue pajamas. So without any clues leading to who the child was or where he had come from, a sketch artist knocked up his likeness and it's distributed throughout the tri-state areas, but no one comes forward. The autopsy comes back inconclusive. He hadn't been dead long, but his remains showed no obvious signs of trauma or serious illness. The local residents nicknamed him Little Boy Blue and they provided a small burial plot in the town's cemetery for him. Two years later, the popular publication Reader's Digest, they pick up the story of the lost little boy Blue and soon tips begin to pour in. One was from an anonymous woman in Wyoming who said that she recognized the child because her family had cared for him for a few months before his father had picked him up. This had happened right before the child's body was found. Ooh, weird. And so they're part of the same Amish community? We're going to get into that. Okay. So the police used this information. They matched the palm prints of the dead kids to those of Danny Stutzman, son of Eli Stutzman. Police arrested him in 1987 in, I will say this wrong, Asley, Azle, A-Z-L-E, Texas. Texas has some weird ones. Uh, Azle, Texas? Azle. Azle, Texas. I live in Azle, Texas. And he claimed that they had been driving from Wyoming to Ohio to go and spend time with his Amish family. But during that journey, Danny fell deathly ill. He wasn't breathing and he had no pulse. Eli said in court, I had difficulty facing the fact that he had died. I couldn't understand. I couldn't figure out why. He said he tried to revive his son, but to no avail. So he spent several hours beside his son's body in the ditch that he would later be found in and said, I decided to leave him and like, you know, let God take care of him. You know, God's going to take care of it. Bye, son. Bye. But, but, but what killed the kid? I think we all know what killed the kid. <laughs> it, but I, Okay. Well, I'm, I'm assuming he did. But did he have an alibi? Like how the kid died? He just said, I just left oh, him he in was the like, ditch. That's what he said. He was like, oh, he just, you know, suddenly had difficulty breathing. Maybe because my hands are around his throat. But, you know, he had difficulty breathing. That's like the worst alibi I think I've ever heard. I know. So he kills his kid, chucks him in the ditch. And just thinks no one's going to, like, connect him to it? When asked later why he didn't try to contact any of the emergency services, he said, that's what I still keep asking myself today. I could not figure out what happened. I wish now that I would have. The Amish criminal mastermind here. (laughs) 
he continues driving after leaving his dead son behind. Wait, on the in a buggy or in a car? He's in a car. Okay. They're in a car. Because uh, he's left. He's part of the English now. He's left the Amish. But we'll oh, okay. get... I'll get into that. So he was driving to Salina, Kansas to go and meet his boyfriend. Whoa. Uh-huh. So wait, he's a gay Amish person. He's a gay Amish man. And now I bet you that's rare. Oh, I bet it's... No, I actually bet it's probably more... Because what is it? One in three people are gay. No, it's one in five people are gay and one in three of us will get cancer. I doubt there's many openly gay Amish people. No, they're not openly gay. They're closeted. But, you know, for Some every DL, yeah. every 10 boys, one of them has to be gay. It's like the law of the land. And considering how much they like to rape their sisters, I bet that puts them off some pussy. So maybe. Well, I'm surprised if... Uh, I'm Like, how long do you get shunned if you're gay? Like, forever? Well, if you're going to... You would just be like, I'm going to ask for forgiveness and I'll get married and have some children. But on the side, I'll probably bang some other gay Amish. But don't you think they'd all know you're the gay of the village? The gay of the village, of course. <laughs> You'll be the fabulous. Hello, I'm here for rum springer. <laughs> Is it time for another rum springer? <laughs> time to raise a barn. It'd be great. <laughs> you raise my barn right Ooh. now. <laughs> so he's in Selena. He's trying to put the past behind him, but the law catches up with him. But there's actually no evidence pointing to him killing Danny. He's simply convicted of abandoning a body and failing to report a death. Sentenced 18 months in prison. That's it. 18 months in prison for failing to report a death. But the police are like, they're kind of on this guy. So they start digging a little deeper and they uncover the unmotivated murder of a man named Glenn Pritchard in Texas. His body was also found in a ditch. His head had been full of hot lead on May the 12th, 1985. Glenn's former roommate and lover... Was guess who? Whoa. Eli. Eli. So he's obviously the prime suspect. The gay Amish man of the village. Yes. Although he escaped justice for Danny, the court had more evidence stacked against him for uh, Glenn, and so he's sentenced to 40 years for the gay slaying. But he's going to walk away free in uh, 2002 after serving 13 years. Wow. You know, like, yeah, what... It's like women and gays, you know, for the... If you kill your wife or you kill a gay man, you're going to get out. But if you kill another straight man, you're going to jail forever. So I wonder what's going to happen now, though. Like, what's next? Does he go... Does he try to join... Rejoin the Amish community? Served his time? Do they give him forgiveness? Well, the story might have ended there, David. If it wasn't for a book... Abandoned Prayers, an incredible true story of murder, obsession, and Amish secrets by author Greg Olson. So he released this book in 1990... This book makes the New York Times bestseller list. It's remained in print for more than three decades. Obsessed is one word to place on Greg's quest as he went hard to uncover a whole other slew of dead bodies that are all tied in connection to Eli. So Eli's an Amish serial killer. He's the only Amish serial killer. But we're going to get into a little about where he's come from now. He's raised in the Amish community in Apple Creek, Ohio, which just sounds divine. Apple Creek. Where are you from? I'm from Apple Creek. It's so American. It does have a very pastoral ring to it. And the people who knew him said that he's a quiet and withdrawn man. Actually, his cousin, Daniel Stutzman, put it quite eloquently. He said, Eli hid behind his clothes a lot. So wait, was he allowed to wear color? No, they're, they're, I think he's from the, the hardcore, the hardcore okay. order. He's not happily married to his wife, Ida, at all. I think you know why. <laughs> 
She dies at the age of 26 in an early morning barn fire at their farm in Dalton on Moser Road on July the 12th, 1977. She's eight months pregnant with her second child at the time and her unborn child dies in the flames with her. The official story goes that she had been trying to save some milk cans from the fire when the smoke overtook her. Eli plays the grieving widow perfectly. He's bereft. He's lost without his wife. And the coroner and the investigators, they buy it, though. They buy his act. Yeah, well, now he can go hit hit up the bathhouse, the Amish bathhouse. (laughs) Greg Olson says, the truth is that if she had not been Amish, there would have been a real investigation. Schutzman was the consummate liar. His gentle facade made it easy for those to fall for him. The tortured former Amish man. No one could understand what he'd been through. He played on their sympathies and he lied right to their faces. He's like emo Amish, like Emish. Well, I mean, he spent his whole life lying and pretending to be somebody else. So this is probably fucking easy for him to like just go to this next level. He's got some skills in that area. Not that I'm saying those who hide their the gayness are <laughs> like committing murders but you know it's just like another hat to wear so yeah he had plenty of reasons to rid himself of Ida and the Amish way of life he's as gay as the day is long uh, this is what Greg Olson writes there was no way out of the Amish no divorce the Amish kept trying to help him with his so-called mental problems i.e. that he wants to eat some sausage and he knows that he's never going to be rid of their good intentions as long as he try- He was tied to Ida. So killing her his- is his only way out to so get what, away from them. They don't have Amish gay conversion therapy? No, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Surprised. So it's a one stone, two bird scenario. But Eli's not like as limp-wristed as you think. Almost immediately after her murder slash death, he began placing classified ads in The Advocate, which is a gay magazine where he's seeking companionship and blowjobs. <laughs> like, she's not even cold. And he's like, would like to meet, you know, a guy who likes Amish. <laughs> I'm a stud. Amish single. cosplay. Really into that. I wonder, so he probably never got a blowjob. Like, I wonder if uh, oh, no, he shocked. gave him one. Well, oh. he probably shagged dudes, but he probably never got one from Ida. No, he would have. The Amish are quite sexy. They have sex toys and stuff. Do they? Yeah. But where do they? It's get a woman's Amish role to fulf- to please and fulfill your husband's sexual wishes. So if your husband turns around and says it's anal tonight, babe, you have to give your husband anal tonight. It's not a good society for women. Wait, wait, wait. can anyone become Amish? <laughs> I'm very interested now. <laughs> Being teetotal, do you think you could handle that? Hey, whatever. I'll sneak a drink here and there. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a very terrible Amish. You'd be Woody Harrelson Amish. So he's supposedly suffering from a breakdown. So he installs electricity in his house. He in his house he starts to abandon his farming. He shaves his beard. Ooh, yeah. shaved his beard. There's no going back from that. And then he just cuts ties completely, and he sells his farm in 1982, and he moves with Danny to. I'm going to say this wrong. In Ignacio. Ignacio. Oh, did I say that right? In Colorado. Oh, okay. I thought there's an Ignacio, Texas. There probably is. He told a friend back in Akron that he was leaving because of the pressure from the Amish to return to the faith. But I just think he wants to go and bang, 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 bang. Yeah, well, exactly. I don't think you, I think he wants to, uh, you know, he doesn't want to return to the Amish life. It's like now he can go hit up gay clubs and. Live, live life as a gay Amish, a, a former gay Amish man. I love that bit in The Simpsons where they go, uh, Homer and Bart are on like, is it the field trip away? And they go into that 
like workhouse where it's like we work hard we play hard oh, that was the john waters episode that's a great episode oh is that sap yeah oh so the same year that eli kills his old roommate and employee and uh, his son david taylor and dennis slater were killed one month apart in durango colorado David's 86, he's part owner of an auto mechanic shop, and his battered and bruised body was found in an open utility trailer near his business. He had died of a severe head injury. His skull had basically been smashed to smithereens. But why is Eli killing all these people? I mean, was it like a you know thrill kills, or was it actually like a like a sadistic sexual type experience? For I think it's kind of a bit of both, but Greg, Greg Olson... You know, a better writer than you are I. He's got some theories and I've got them at the end. So we'll get into that. Dennis had died by a coward's curse. He was shot in the back during a robbery at the liquor store that he worked at. So police kind of traced back. Both men had attended a party on November the 8th of that year. And guess who else was at that party? Eli. He's there. The other interesting fact that points the filthy finger at Eli is that both David Taylor and Dennis Slater were also gay men. And who else is gay in town? And who else is at this party who is also a very gay man? Let me guess. Eli? Eli! <laughs> Maybe they had met the wrong end of a sword wielding by an angry ex-Amish Eli. And so he was jealous and he killed him out of jealousy? I mean, or it's probably because breakup? they knew too much. Oh, yeah, but what, what does it matter? What are they gonna, he's already out of the Amish community. Well, a person matching Eli's description was seen near Dennis's scene of death. But the police, they've got no, like, kind of meat to chew. They've got zero evidence tra- tying him to the crimes. They can only point the finger. And so he remains suspect numero uno in these still unsolved murders. They've been unsolved as long as I've been alive. So that's kind of sad. They should really bust out the DNA. Bust it out, boys. Come on. Yeah. So mystery followed Eli in life as it would into his own death. He left behind no suicide note, but the 56-year-old sliced open his left arm and he bled to death in his shithole Fort Worth apartment on January the 31st, 2007. The coroner told the tale that he was HIV positive and he had super high levels of cocaine in his body. Because, you know, if you're going to leave a party, you might as well leave it on a very big high. Yeah, you might as well do it up. I think doing it on a ton of coke would be fine because you're not going to feel anything. I don't know. I mean, I usually feel... I'd I'd probably rather do it on heroin. Well, no, because heroin, you might be, like, sloppy, and then you might get lazy and pass out. But if you're, like, when you're super high on cocaine, your blood gets so super thin as well that you're just going to bleed out really fucking fast. You might, but, I mean, you might be freaking out the whole time because you're so hyper-aware. At least with heroin, you're just kind of in a daze anyway. I don't know. I think cocaine would be the better drug to do it on. I doubt it, but maybe. Some people do. Look at uh, Al Pacino in the Scarface. Oh, yeah, he's on a lot of cocaine at the end. Great movie. So now we're left with 1970s newspaper reports, the mysterious death of his wife, the bundled body of his dead kid, and the bodies of three dead homos tied to him. And these answers might de- die, have died with him if Greg Olson hadn't got, like, doesn't get his way. So... On why a father would murder his son, Olsen says, Danny was nine. He knew full well that his father was on the run for the murder of Glenn Pritchard in Austin. Police therefore theorized that Danny was in fact a witness to the homicide. Furthermore, he's been around his father's drug use and promiscuity and there's no way that he could return to the Amish. So he had to get rid of him. So he had to take him out because his father is promiscuous? He'd probably seen his father murder Glenn. Okay. And could so, finger him. Yeah. yeah. 
He said that he had learned of Eli's death after he'd received emails from Eli's friends and Eli's most recent lover and that none of them had had a clue about his past, much less the fact that he was Amish. So wait, he never actually opened up and told anyone that he was Amish. Oh, that you he'd couldn't, you couldn't killed his it? child. His name's Eli. I mean, people can be called Eli. It's like a hipster name now, I yeah, bet. Now it is, kind of. So as well as obsession, Olsen feels kind of guilt. He says, there are so many people there who want me to solve this crime of Ida Stutzman's death. And I feel like we've really just let her down again. I haven't given up that he might have left something behind. So Greg Olsen has a form on his website, justiceforida.com, where he asks anyone with any information about Ida in the incident to contact him with full anonymity. You can also write to him at P.O. Box 7, Owala, Washington, 98359. And you can also call or text him on 253-230-4096. He says no detail is too small. He's building a case here, people. Help what's, Greg. What's the deal with this guy? Why is he so obsessed with the Amish? He's worse than you. He's not obsessed. I think he's obsessed with this case. I think it's like he's just really into it. But does he have some kind of like, is he vested in this personally? Like, did he, did well, Eli I break his heart? No, but I think sometimes like, the, the, it just gets to you, doesn't it? And you just become obsessed with it. And plus, don't forget this just book. Just gnaws at you. This you book know? has been constantly in print in ni- since 1990. Do you know how much money he's made from this? It was I the mean, New York they, Times bestseller list. He's made so much fucking money from this book. The least yeah, he can do is try and solve the fucking murder. Like, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, yeah, he's already, he's probably, I wonder if all the books he's written they're not. are all attached to. They're not. Oh, they're not all about uh, Amish people? No, but his new book, The Amish Wife, Unraveling the Lies, Secrets, and Conspiracy That Let a Killer Go Free, which is about Ida, was just released this month, and it's three decades in the making. Whoa. Spent three three decades. This guy is obsessed with the Amish. He also says people don't ever really forget Especially when Christmas and crime become entwined. I mean, look at JonBenet Ramsey. She's a yeah. bitch, by the way. I hate JonBenet. Well, she's got you into a little bit of trouble. She's a little cunt. I'm glad she's dead. So Chuck Cleveland, the one who found Danny's body in the snow, says the only person who really knows what happened is Eli. But with the recent advancement in technology, now it's not a game of if they catch you. It's totally when. But when it comes to crime and punishment, the Amish live by a different set of rules. They live by God's rules. But maybe with the help of the internet and a treasure trove of long less letters, Greg Olsen can close the case on a very Amish Christmas murder mystery. I hope Greg Olsen uh, succumbs to a rake fight. I want to get Greg Olsen on the show. I think he's going to dig a little too deep into this Amish, the Amish culture, and they're going to take care of him. (laughs) The only way they know how. With with rakes. (laughs) Dipped in poison. Oh my goodness, rat poison. <laughs> I've checked that book out. We should have him on the show. I'd be interested to see. I just I'm interested to know the origin of his passion. We should get him on the show. I wonder if he's like a former Amish guy. Like a like a he was Amish. Greg Olson. Ex Amish. Who knows? I don't think a name like Greg Olson is very Amish. He could change his name. Oh what? From Gregoria. From I don't know. Maybe it was Jebediah. Gregoria Oshkins. You never know. Anyway. That's probably more than I ever wanted to learn about the Amish. I mean, some of it's quite obvious that obviously they all rape the women and they inbreed. But uh, I, I didn't found... know the the rampant drug use. I never knew that. Yeah, and they all like taking a bit of bit of ching now. Yeah, and then. <laughs> they're I mean, just I'd... like you know what they're just like us, and they're faced with exactly the same t- temptations that we are. It's just that they're but better they're, at denying it. They're in an it. oppressive religion, you know, in a religious community that that will shun you. 
Fuck it. I would have been, I think I would have been like excommunicated. They would have kicked well, me out. Well, for the rumspringer, you just would never have gone back. Even like, I think they would have like given me an early rumspringer. <laughs> After talking all this shit about the Amish, though, I would like to point out that I, of all the research, it all kept coming up time and time again. They must make amazing cakes, cookies, and pastries. Because all everyone was talking about the Amish cakes, cookies, and pastries. So if you live in Amish country, please tell us about their cakes, cookies, and pastries. I'm very interested. Hmm. I'm curious where they get their cocaine, like where, where their connections are. One Colombian guy. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a ton of money off the Amish. Anyway, people, this is episode 924 here, sick and wrong. Got some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. But first, here's a quick message from Adam and Eve. Ah, the holidays. It's snowing outside, the fire is crackling, and there's a big jar of unused lube on your nightstand. And that can only mean one thing. It's December. Yes, that time of year that we celebrate Christ's alleged birth with the purchase of a shiny brand new dildo at AdamEve.com. And if you use coupon code DIDDLE on your order, you'll get 50% off your first purchase, three free adult DVDs, and a free gift. Show your loved ones you still care and cram a brand new dildo down their holiday road. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, like priests do to altar boys. Hallelujah. So we got a couple phone calls to get to here. People, you can call the Sick and Wrong hotline, 323-522-4032. Or just send us uh, an MP3 via email, sickerongpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, we do have the holiday show coming up. So if you want to get your phone calls in um, and s- send, send your season's greetings to Wackerly and Steel. Yes. And your hosts here, um, you're more than welcome to call. Uh, we will be recording next weekend. So next weekend, um, we'll be doing the holiday show. So yeah, send your MP3s, give us a call. And uh, we'll, we'll play it on the holiday show. All right, first call we have here. A couple calls came in referring to last week's episode about the Israeli zombie sperm. Okay. Uh, the first one's a correction. Oh. Hey, uh, this is Tony again. I have to um, correct something my favorite psycho said about the Hillside Strangler on their last show. It's been a while, but I read a book about them in the past. Wait a second. Are you his favorite psycho? Thank you, Tony. I like you too. <laughs> These terms of endearment going back and forth. I'm getting a little jealous. Tony. <laughs> Kate loves any pedophile. <laughs> and basically what happened is one of the stranglers, um, he befriended some goofy prisoner groupie bitch while he was awaiting trial and gave her a sample of his sperm. Right. And yeah. what she was supposed to do was... Um, Murder another woman and plant his sperm on her. To make- oh, wait. So he had a groupie that was some insane psycho hose beast. And he was supposed to put, get, he gave her the sperm. And she was going to implant the sperm on another woman. Yeah. So then he could be like, well, I'm obviously not the killer because I'm in jail. I don't know. Yeah, I did totally get it wrong. But I remember at the time I, I said, I, like, I can't remember it. But either way, you're smuggling sperm out. And yep. to be fair, getting sperm off a serial killer, that's like top caliber murderabilia. And that kind of makes me want to get back into the game of writing to them. Like if I could get a sample of Ed Kemper's sperm, do you know how amazing that would be? You would think that'd be something they'd be willing to send. 
I mean, how often do they get requests for sperm? Hi, Big Ed. Can I have a sample of your sperm, please? He, I think he would do it. I would say, Big Ed, I'll talk to you like I'm your mum if you give me some of your sperm. I'm sure typically in jail, sperm is given involuntarily. <laughs> Look like someone with the same type of sperm was still out there murdering women. So he could therefore say, oh, look, you got the wrong guy. Yeah. A pretty stupid uh, harebrained scheme. Yeah, what a harebrained That um, didn't get very far because um, I guess, if I remember right, she lured some women to a hotel and tried to kill her, but this woman got away. So this idiot groupie ended up going to prison herself. So anyway, he sent his sperm out of the prison, not into it. Thank you, Tony. So I hope that clears things up a bit if someone else hasn't done it already. <laughs> Well, thank you there, Marshall Island Tony, for uh, clarifying that. I would also like to point out here that Marshall Island Tony is one of the few men who I will let mansplain things to me. I don't know if that's a mansplain thing. No, I did get it wrong, yeah. Yeah. Um, How did did she smuggle the sperm out? I, I swear as well, Tony, I swear that when they caught her with this sperm, it was still fucking warm. Like he had, she was like, had just come from the prison and the sperm was still warm. But in what type of receptacle? Oh, like a little, a little jizz jar. Oh, so she put it in like a jar and just kind of, but I mean, don't they, do they search you when you leave or do you go through a metal detector? I mean, this was back, back in day. Well, things were a bit lenient back in day, weren't they? I wonder if she had to like cheek 70s. it. Put it in between the titties. Oh yeah. Or maybe she just put it up a chuff. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess it didn't work too well. But uh, I mean, it was a great plan. It gets an A for A for effort. (laughs) A for sperm. All right. The next call we have here in reference to last week's show comes from none other than Evil Bunny. Nice. Hi, D. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi, D. This is Allison in Rhode Island, a.k.a. Evil Bunny. Um, Your Israeli uh, zombie sperm... A uh, toad milking show had me thinking of a great scenario where about five years down the line, um, the state of Israel makes a documentary about their their own Lebensborn program, and um, they uh, they bring it to um, the screen, and um, um, the, you know showing the the effects of the program, and they call it frozen and uh um is it a musical i think it would be better if it was a musical like um like a, a very dewy musical what's the what's the one what's the dewy musical Wait, fiddler, fiddler on, on the, the roof. roof like fiddler on the roof i could see that diddler on the roof yeah semen on the roof jizz on the roof <laughs> uh, parents um especially parents will not have researched this thing and they just go oh it's a frozen it's the disney frozen Let's bring little Johnny and, is and little Cindy in to see this, this this thing on the screen, and it will be this this Israeli Ladensborn program, and and the five year olds and six year olds that watch this thing will be completely horrified, and it will scar them for life. And you know what? That would make me really happy, and I would just <laughs> giggle madly over it. <laughs> anyway, I had um I had a really uh fun time imagining that, and I I hope you enjoy it. Um, so yeah, in, in the tradition of that, keep it sick, keep it wrong. Love you guys. Happy moving day. I'm glad you found a place and I'm going to have to send you, um, um, housewarming program. 
housewarming present from this one, too. Aww. Anyway, see you guys later. Bye. Well, thank you there, Evil Bunny. Thank you. Happy EB. Happy Hanukkah to you. <laughs> yeah, happy Hanukkah to uh, to Evil Bunny. Um, yeah, I'm, this it, we we will be uh, we're we're in the process of moving, but the but the big move is this weekend, and it's been rough. Uh, well, it's because sometimes I think it's like when you've had to move house all in one day before as many of us have done where you have to just do it in that 24 hours it's a fucking brutal day you get up at 6 a.m and you're awake till 10 and it's a long fucking day whereas we've been tearing the plaster off slowly well we've We've been been doing doing a little every night iterative moves but we did have to do your entire storage unit in one day but that was fine It wasn't like, too bad, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got it done. That was quite a leisurely fun. We even went shopping. We went to Wacko on that day and bought some key rings. So you can't tell me that was a, no, an exhausting day. No, but I'm just saying day. it's not just one move. It's like we're doing, you know, we've, we've done a couple of big moves throughout the week. I think the worst part is the fucking records. The records has oh been the God. worst part. I mean, it's, I love having vinyl. I, I do, and I'm a collector, and I've collected for a long time. But holy fucking shit, does it suck to move. I think what we should do for backbreaking labor. Hopefully, we don't have to move for a while. But when we do have to move next, I just think we're going to have to put the shackles in, and we should find somebody who's a moving company whose specialty is being delicate with your shit. I think what we should do is go to Home Depot, get a couple Mexicans, no, just instruct them in Spanish. I would like to point out to to the Brits at home that we went to a Home Depot, as we would say. I went to a Home Depot because I'm in America. I will say Depot because that's how you say it. And there was a bunch of like these Mexicans hanging out in the corner. And the I, day laborers. I 100% thought they were just homeless because I'm like <laughs> now so used to seeing homeless. And you're like, no, they're the guys you hire. I was like, I'm not going to hire them. They're like on the ground sleeping. Yeah, but, but, they, but they're dressed normally. They're, they don't look like homeless. They're, they're not shaking. Tell. They don't have the jankies. They don't smell bad. Well, I mean, that that could be disproven because, you know, I, I don't think so. I mean, they just look like normal dudes. But yeah, you know, they're day laborers. And the thing is, it's that's funny about them is you think they'd have like a sign in English saying that because you didn't even know they're a day laborer. No, I thought they were hobos. But they also don't speak English. So they're just like, amigo, amigo. Blah, blah, blah. Well, they started. Say, you know, yeah, that's how I got a bit freaked because they started shouting like when we were driving around at the car and I was like, what the fuck do they want? Because it was like, late at night. And they, they, they're like asking you stuff. So you kind of have to. I've done it before. I've actually hired a couple uh, Mexican dudes to move. I forget which move it was. It was in San Francisco. We moved uh, from one apartment in the mission to another apartment in the mission. I just went and got a couple of Mexican guys from Home Depot. They moved everything. It was fine. Here's a reference that you won't get and maybe some boys won't get, but girls will get this reference. Girls my age who watched a lot of MTV, specifically a show called Newlyweds. Do you remember Newlyweds? I don't think I've ever seen that. Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey, but we're going to call him Legay because he was terrible and a horrible human being, and I just hate him. But anyways, there's an episode where he, you know, they're in their mansion. I can't remember where they lived in LA. It's just a generic mansion, probably fucking the hills somewhere. And he decides he's going to redo the lawn and put like real grass down. So instead, we're talking about millionaires here. And I don't know if they did this for the show. They probably did. Instead of buying, like, you know, going out and hiring a landscaper who's going to do a beautiful job. He just goes to Home Depot and he gets, (laughs) he buys the grass himself. He (laughs) buys the soil himself. And then he just gets a couple of these Mexicans. He buys them some pizza, you know, and he's just like, he doesn't know how to manage them. He's like, I can't really speak much Spanish. And like, they're just, they don't know what to do. They're just kicking around bags of dirt. So that is my, that's what I imagine the day laborers are like. If you don't speak Spanish and you can't be on them, 
like say, like riding their ass and being like, vamos, You're a slave vamos. driver. No, I'd be like, I, I you, pay. Would you get vamos. a whip? You know, like cracking the whip. Vamos. They do like to sleep, and I, I am also a sleeper, so I can understand. And sometimes, no siestas. Sometimes you need to have your ass kicked a little to get shit I'm so done. So sleepy. <laughs> That is so racist. <laughs> well, you're you're going to call them beaners next. In my experience, they did a fucking great job and it didn't cost me much. So my <laughs> Jewish acumen was like, okay, I'm going to do this again sometime. Didn't you also have a, a, a Mexican painter who came and painted your last place? I did, yeah. And he was great too, but I found him off of Craigslist. It wasn't day labor. Yeah, see, I'm a bit fearty about getting a painter because I want to paint a ceiling and a thing. I'm a bit fearty about getting somebody off Craigslist because you can't back check them. So it's a bit like you're just inviting somebody to your house. It'll be like, shit, sofa looks nice. Guess I'll come back and take that with my friends. Oh, when, when we did it, we had nothing in the house. So it was All just right, an so empty house. so it's a bit different then. Yeah, which is the best time to paint because they're, you don't have to cover your shit with anything. Now I just think I'm going to do it. He did, a, he did a great job, I got to say. I mean, yeah, good for him. Yeah. I'm just going to do it now. So how many times do you think Evil Bunny goes to Disney World or Disneyland? Probably Disney World because she's East Coast. I think she will go there when they do the World Goth Day. Oh, yeah, they do. I forget what they call that. There's like a goth day that they do. Yeah, Marilyn Manson used to go to it, and they would all take acid and walk around. Like, I could imagine being on acid, and I don't like being around people on acid, so it wouldn't be my fairy tale experience, but I imagine it would be fun. Like, being on the small world ride while tripping your balls off would be fun. I've done mushrooms at Disney World. You're not sick. When I was in college, yeah. No, I mean, it it was fun. I mean, I just... I just, I'm not a big Disney person, as you can well imagine. So I think the highlight of it is I was wearing a Charles Manson shirt. Oh, that's and, uh, awesome. We were standing in line at one point. And back then, you could smoke in Disney World. And this is like 1994, 93. And I had like long dreads. And uh, you my were friend so had long cool. hair. And uh, <laughs> no, there were these two like high school girls. And one of them like pulled out a cigarette and she was smoking. And this dad just went off on her. Just was like, do you know what you're doing to your health? Do you know what you're doing to my kids? And then all three of us, like all three of my friends, we all just like lit up cigarettes, just blew them right at real, him and his family. Real cool guys <laughs> out here. Who's having the in, last laugh? We had to be in line the entire time oh, with I the know, guy. It was hilarious. So, you know, nowadays they would tell you to take off the Charles Manson shirt because one of my buddies who's got a, a very raunchy tattoo, it's like, it's not raunchy. It's just like a, an old school, um, like sailor chick like with a tits dong. out. Oh. No, not a dong. <laughs> it's just a sexy lady tattoo um, on her arm. Like a pinup. Yeah, she got a pinup tattoo. She was walking around um, Disney and the Disney police came up and they were like, we have to put, um, we have to put like plasters over her tits. Whoa. Uh, just just be, oh, you'll have to leave. So I don't think you could get away with wearing a Manson t-shirt there now. I think they would say, you ever have to turn your t-shirt inside out or you're going to wow. have to go. Did you see the uh, video of that guy that got naked on It's a Small World? To be fair, I've also found that a few other men find that ride very alluring and arousing. Well, I can see why. I mean, it's that song. It's the it's little catchy. children singing that song. And the French ones actually flash their knickers. So maybe it was when the French dolls flashed their knickers that he just lost his fucking mind. I don't know who's even looking that closely at the, the children, the, the dolls, and looking up their skirts. You, it's, it's obvious. They're doing the can-can. 
I think there's some projection going on. No, the I was Evil there. Bunny, I think you should avoid Disney World at all costs. I think so too. But thank you um, for the uh, the moving wishes. We appreciate that. All right, final call here. This has nothing to do with the Israeli zombie sperm episode from last week. Uh, it's uh, Matt the Trucker with a story about ecstasy. Oh, wow. Hi, guys. Matt the Trucker here. Hope you're both well and settling into a life of married bliss. Anyway, the talk about Mitsubishis the other week got me uh, thinking about an incident that happened a few years ago. Mitsubishi Tab. I'm quite partial to the odd or bit of Mandy and reaching for the lasers, but in this instance, I was actually completely sober. I'd managed to blag a volunteer gig at a festival. Basically, I had to wander around with a clipboard uh, and talk to people about their drug and alcohol use, or anybody that looked like I could get a coherent sentence out of them at least. What a sweet gig that is. I feel like you got any more. Yeah, <laughs> I would be like, can I try some? Can I sample it? So does he get to go to the festival for free? Yeah, he's what, like staff, isn't he? Festival staff. Oh my God, that's brilliant. Anyway, it was a beautiful weekend. The sun was shining. It was a fucking hoot. It was brilliant. Anyway, uh, I think it was one evening. I spotted these lads all stood over near some DJ set that was going on. When you go to these festivals, have you been to any of these festivals that they have in Europe where it's like multiple days? Fuck yeah, of course. Like I spent my whole like teen and adolescent years up you, until my early 20s doing that. Do you, like, camp in a tent? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine anything as awful as that. I started getting too it's old. It's like Burning Man. I went, I went to, like, the first ever download, and I was already quite old then. I was, like, 23, 24, and we were there for, like, four days. Oh, my God. Was lot, but I took an airbed. That's a, a, tr- a, a key. If you're going to a festival, anybody who's got kids going to their first ever festivals, shell out, getting them a fucking airbed. The other thing as well is, and I know it's really wasteful and everyone bangs on about it after the festival ends, don't bring anything back. Just abandon it all. Don't pack up your tent. Buy a cheap fucking tent. I would leave just leave it there. It. Leave your fucking cheap airbed there. In fact, the night before, just trash everything because it's part of the job. Where'd you take a shit? In pot, disgusting porta potties. Uh, where yeah. did you brush your teeth? In similar kind of like sink porta pot. Well, usually you would just do it outside the tent. You would just say, do that with a bit of water. Bottle pe- of water. Do people get laid? I think it's a festival myth because I've been to many a festival and like you're either there, there's either blokes there with their girlfriends or you're, it's just a bit like, just a bit dodge. Like, and there's always some rapes as well. There's always rapes that occur. It seems a bit And there's always overdoses and deaths. But it was when I went to ATP slash forward slash Bowley, all tomorrow's party, which used to be set in various Butlins around the country. And Butlins is like a holiday camp. So you're in a chalet. So you sleep in a bed, you have a shower, there's like already the pubs, well, the attractions there. Yeah. And then there's the jizzer, you know, it's fucking brilliant. And after I went to- Wait, it, who's the jizzer? The jizzer What's from the, jizzer? the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, jizzer. I thought you yeah. meant like you're in the chalet and there's a dude just sitting oh, there, just a jizzer <laughs> just watching you. God, there's a okay. lot of jizzer already. A jizzer. Okay. Jizzer from, from Wu-Tang, yes. Yeah. But anyways, after I went to ATP, which is probably the greatest festival that I, has ever been and sadly went under. Is that multiple days too? It was multiple days. But again, you're in a bed. You're in a chalet. There's pubs. There's a shower. It's clean. 
You're in a Butlins. You're well, in a massive complex. It's great. What I envied about ATP is it would be an artist would curate. Yeah, that's what bands. I'm talking about. The so, Jizza. Uh, Kessler and I tried so hard to go to the one at, with Nick Cave. Nick Cave curated. That must have, was that the New York one because obviously no, it I was never in Reading, I think. Or no, not Reading. It was in Reading. It was in England, and we tried so hard. I, I couldn't the get Nick the Cave money. One. Didn't end up making it. I can't remember. I know that um, the last one we'd already booked to go, and it was Swami. It was going to be Rocket from the Crypt. Oh, that would have been. So cool. that would have been awesome. I obviously didn't know him at that time, but it, like he's got amazing taste in music, so it would have been, been all fun, these yeah. fucking weird bands. But a weird side story as well. So I went to the Bowley one, which was curated by Bell and Sebastian. So it was all this Glasgow scene kids. And on the bus, which picked us up from Glasgow to Carlisle, was Surge. And about a year later, me and Surge started going out. And within like a week, I knew everyone who had been on that bus. And I knew every band that had played Bowley. Well, it's a small uh, scene. Small there. scene, but yeah. yeah, it's just weird coincidences, isn't it? Because I never met Serge. And I remember him because we'd got on the bus really late and I was with my ex Ringo at the time and we were so ready to party. It was like 10 a.m. We thought it was going to be like a, a party, party bus, bus, but it wasn't. It was full of old people who were all like asleep because they wanted to sleep all the way because it got in at 7 a.m. And we had like all this booze and we couldn't drink it. But when we got on the bus, Serge's guitar fell off like the bus, like racking and hit him in the head. And I, that's like the first time I remember it. And then like months later, I was going out with him. How romantic. How romantic. It's a small world in <laughs> Blighty. Doors are all going 10 to the dozen. Eyes like saucers. Thought, fuck it. I'll go and see if one or two of these will do the questionnaire. <laughs> anyway, one of them sees me wandering over with me clipboard and high vids. I don't know what was going through his mind, but he basically just pulled down his trousers, his underwear, turned round, bent over, and pulled his cheeks apart with both his hands, and just was going to me, is it all in order? Is everything in order? I said, what the fuck are you doing? His brown eye winking at me. I said, what are you doing? Anyway, he stands up and he goes, what? So you mean I didn't have to show my asshole to you? I was like, no, mate. He's getting busted. You didn't. And I was like, do you know what? Don't worry about it. Have a good evening, lads. <laughs> Just wandered off. Uh, looking back, it is funny. And I think you might find it amusing too. <laughs> anyway, keep up the good work. Cheers. You know my, I'm a gas. You know what my first thought was <laughs> when he said that? Ace Ventura, like, talk to the ass. Oh, I love the That's talk to I the ass. He was going to be, like, Ventura. moving his ass cheeks back and forth, like, no, I'm not on any drugs. <laughs> but no, he said the dude thought he was going to cavity search him. <laughs> you know, I've taken a lot of mitzies in my life, too, but never have I, like, spread over my asshole to show a stranger like that. So well, they must maybe be putting not in more. public. Well, they must be putting more. Oh, who can have sex on ecstasy? Are you joking me? I've done it. Oh, it's impossible to have sex. I like you just get bored. I get so bored within like five minutes, and I'm just like, nope, need to be up. I need no, to be I've prattling had... nonsense. To I don't someone. think you can like at the peak of it, but you can come it down. I've had I've had a lot of fun on ecstasy. And, yeah, no, I'm just like I just. But I've pass never out. like spread my ass apart. To like a complete stranger that just As walked if. up to me. Like, did he look like a cop? Well, yeah, the hivers. Because that's what they, uh, what are they called? The community support officers all wear hivers. Hivers, hivers, My brother has this great festival story where he went. And is it Folsom? No, well, I'm sure he's got some stories from that. But this is like, he would have been, I think, in college. 
because this would have been probably 91 or so, really like early 90s. He went and saw The Grateful Dead, and he was selling acid, and he had two strips, so about 20 hits. And uh, I guess like he left them in his sock or something. Ew, Jeffrey, they're going to soak into your skin, mate. Well, that's what happened. No, that's what, he had them in his pocket, but then I guess he got all paranoid because he was tripping, and he put them in like his sock or his shoe. I think he put them in his sock, like in his sock and his shoe. And it soaked into his skin. Not the whole thing, but enough that he was fucked up for like three days. You can ask him about it. He said that for about at least two days, the third day was a really bad come down. But for a couple of days, all he could see were just columns. And one column was me. One column was like my mom. And then one column was the dog. Like what type of column? Like a, like a, I'm a picturing like a Greek like, or He said Roman. like a totem. Like an Indian, like a Native American totem oh, pole. Oh, and it would have your little face on, on it the talking. Top of it, yeah. That and it, is and hilarious. And he said it was just like black. Everything was black except for these these totems. And he was trying to communicate with it. He, I was just like, dude, you must have been fucked. He was like, yeah, I don't even remember. How did he get home? He said he woke up in someone's car. Okay, so yeah. somebody did make sure that he wasn't. Or something, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that's not the only time that's happened at Grateful Dead show. <laughs> oh, to Jeffrey. Wow. Matt the Trucker. God, what a hell of a story there. Did you get any good drugs during that entire experience? That's what I wonder. Like, did you meet anybody? Give them the questionnaire and they're like, here, try one of our Mitzis. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they even make Mitzis anymore. Well, I mean, this would have been back in the day, but I'm just wondering, being a drug questionnaire, like a you know, a drug interviewer. I just wonder if you'd get any drugs. Hello, we're just here to do the questionnaire. <laughs> but amazing. Anyway, people call the Sigma Hotline, 323-522-4032. And don't forget, get your holiday show calls in. Um, big ups to all the listeners who support us on Patreon and Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate it. You're, you're the ones that keep this show going. And uh, at, at this point, we can really use your support. So we do appreciate you, you helping us out. Uh, Patreon.com slash sick and wrong, or just subscribe to Second Show on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to get a last minute Christmas gift, we got some sick and wrong merch at the T Public Store, sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Just click on the picture of the Pope. And finally, here's Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. This is a Kate Rambo pick from one of her favorite films, a fine film that it is. Fuck yeah. It is Kingpin. Um, this is like a scene in Kingpin. When Big Earn McCracken, played by Bill Murray, was bowling against Roy Munson, played by uh, Woody Harrelson. There was a song playing in the background. And what song was that? It's ELO, Showdown. They're having a bowl-off. A bowl-off, And it's brilliant. And, like, Bill Murray is, like, all decked out in, like, H-Bossy. And he's got his really cool, like, resin bowling ball with a rose in it. Lots of neon, too. There's, like, neon, like, green neon lights shooting back and forth. I think that's Big Lebowski, David. No, no, I just watched it. I just oh, watched the it? scene. There's some, oh. good, and the best part about that scene, I haven't seen the movie in a while, but I just watched the scene where this movie, where this song was playing, and uh, his hair. Is oh yeah, amazing. Uh, it's like it's comes just, off. Like, flowing. <laughs> and I love his form with his hand far outstretched. He's, he's kind of really he's like a camp evil genius in this film. That's a great movie. Kingpin is in my top ten. I love the uh, milking a bull scene. Yes, I also love the uh, the sperm. He's like, <laughs> we don't have a cow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what Randy Quaid played the Amish guy, right? Yeah, and he's really good. And um, Vanessa, is it Vanessa Angel as well? 
She's the hot chick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. Oh, such a good film. It's I got to watch movie. that again. Yeah, Everybody, after this it. episode, you should probably go watch Kingpin. Make the whole family watch it on Christmas. It's a good Christmas movie. Roy Munson. I love him. Um, oh, I can't remember her name. Le- Linda Sh- Shire. Whoever the year uh, who's playing his landlady, who's been in, she's in like every movie ever. She's amazing when she goes, la, 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 la. everyone knows what I mean. <laughs> you've seen Kingpin. <laughs> anyway, we're going to end the show here with the Electric Light Orchestra, ELO awesome. Showdown. Uh, it's from their uh, album On the Third Day, the third studio album by ELO. came out in 1973. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 925. Till then, take a sleazy.
poses the biggest threat to you in the tournament? <laughs> if I get drunk and fall down, hurt myself, I might lose. Sure, babe. What's your name? Darlene. I'm in 1103. Excuse me, what's the story behind this pending paternity suit against you? Oh, that's not a case at all. The woman's a stone-faced liar. Let's not even talk about that. I, I pulled out her really early on that one. Sorry. Thanks for coming.